Australian Open of tennis is up and running. I suppose the drama yesterday, though, was off-court, Andrew, with Nick Kyrgios announcing that he has what appears to be quite a serious knee injury that requires surgery. He won't be taking any part at the Australian Open. And joining us now to review day one and give us his thoughts on what could happen at the Australian Open, it's Leo Schlink. Leo, good morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Very well, thank you. Now, you're overseas, Leo. Can you let the listeners know why you're there? Um, yeah, it's, um, this time of the year, I'm, uh, if I'm not um, in Hong Kong, I'm usually at the Australian Open, and uh, this time I'm neither. Um, I'm in Brussels um, meeting my granddaughter for the mm. first time, so uh, uh, it's been a great trip and a very quick trip, so I'm, I'm back in Hong Kong on Wednesday, but uh, yeah, getting to uh, to know uh, little Charlotte. Not sure she'll remember too much about me um, for a while, anyway. But uh, uh, it's yeah, it's certainly different looking at the Australian Open uh, when uh, and the heat uh, as it will be there today. Um, when you look out the window with, um, with forecasts of snow and ice tonight, just to add to. Uh, Andrew's uh, weather reports around the place. <laughs> I'll put Brussels in next time. Leo, uh, tell me this. Did you buy a sort of a, a little baby outfit in the Francis TFO colours for Charlotte or uh, do you think that's a bit loud at her young I think she's throwing back at me. <laughs> yeah, I think she's... <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was a strange outfit, but... Uh, Good on Francis for having a crack at that. He's, <laughs> and he's, he's good enough to he's good enough to pull it off um, and with a, a win as well. So uh, there you go. Leo, congratulations, mate. Uh, we know you're a family orientated bloke, and you must be so excited to be a grandfather for the first time. Yeah, she's such a special little person, and uh, my daughter Tess and son-in-law Thibaut, um, uh had a, a function on uh, on Sunday um, at a, uh, an abbey just down the road, and. Uh, mm. It was a very special time with family, so um, and uh, she behaved herself the whole time. It was a uh, um, very old um, church, and uh, it was freezing inside there, but um, didn't bother her at all. So uh, took everything in a stride. So it was fantastic. And, and the coverage of the Australian Open in uh, Brussels, Leo, extensive. Um, it, look, the, it's it's around the place you can see it. Yeah, but I've been able to watch it easily. Um, and of course, I've got a great tennis culture here, great sporting culture with. Um, in tennis in particular, um, Kim Kleister's mm. Justine Ennen. Um, so they've had some yeah. very good players over the years. Uh, of course, their main um, sport would be would be soccer and, and cycling would be the biggest of the lot, I would say. Mm. Uh, before the uh, the event got underway, Leo, the big news yesterday was the withdrawal of Nick Kyrgios, a very sad and emotional. Nick was very similar with Ayla Tomlanovic over the weekend as well. So our two big Aussie draw cards won't be there. They're calling it the curse of, uh, of uh, Breakpoint, um, the next Netflix series, mm. uh, which I've been watching. Um, just uh, it's bizarre how these things happen. And, yeah, uh, really sad for Ayla and for, for Nick. Um, sort of lays to rest some of the criticism that he was getting around the place about his knee um, and pulling out of the United Cup. And there might have been communication breakdowns and stuff, but clearly serious enough. And... Um, He'll need to have that addressed quickly. Um, he's got a big year coming up um, with his aspirations and to miss out on the Australian Open at this stage of his career, coming off such a big Wimbledon preparation and, and campaign last year, um, hasn't hasn't gone as he would want and you could tell just how much this, this has affected him. Yeah, he seemed, uh, you know, for someone who's often expressed an indifference towards tennis, he seemed uh, generally devastated by not being <laughs> able to play, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, this is um, you know, kind of strips away that kind yes. of facade that he puts up there mm. all the time about I don't need this, I don't love it. When actually, 
uh, he's guilty of both of those things, which is, you know, deep down he probably hasn't always shown, but you saw last year when he had the success he did, um, what it actually did mean to him. And I think he's found the balance that suits him and doesn't work for everybody, but injuries are injuries and we know that um, how quickly things can run away from people with injuries as well. And, um, you know, there was Roger Federer went through his career basically without any kind of problem. And then late in his career, he got a knee injury. And we're always hoping for that dream finish where he'd come back and play and win, hopefully Wimbledon one more time. It wasn't to be. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens here with Nick. Leo, uh, uh, what it does mean is that Alex Dimonor is, uh, seems to be the forgotten man of Australian tennis, but he's a seeded player here and oh, you've got to say he's a good chance to fingers crossed get into the second week I reckon from the men's side and we haven't been able to say this for a long time is um, one of the uh, most open events we've ever seen at, at Melbourne Park um, and that's allowing for the fact you've got a guy going there trying to win his 10th winner for the 10th time and we've got another bloke there who's won 22 majors um, to see on the men's side that it's just full of opportunities and um, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we have a, a first-time champion on the men's side um, with Novak he's been practicing but he's got um, a bandaged uh, hamstring so for Alex Dimonor, um it's a matter of belief and opportunity and um, if he can bring the form that allowed him to beat Rafa recently he's he's got to be there and you know he's someone who doesn't spend any more energy than he has to so um, if all everything lines up for him, um, he's certainly a chance. Well, Leo, uh, you speak about uh, Rafa there. There seems to be a real undercurrent of um, it's very close to the end for Rafael Nadal. You know, McEnroe talking about how long he'll go on for and some saying maybe the French Open will be his last tournament. I mean, when that sort of narrative is around, he normally wins uh, the whole kitten poodle <laughs> uh, and defies yeah. everyone. Is there a sense over there in Europe or that uh, you've heard that uh, perhaps these injuries and maybe even fatherhood is sort of uh, hastening the day that he gives it away? I think so, all of those things. Um, and the fact that he's already playing on borrowed time, uh, difficult to put that argument out there in, in context, really, um, given that you know, he wasn't even supposed to be playing um, at the Australian Open last year when he won it. Um, mm. All of the advice he got was you, you shouldn't be doing this. And then he, he hit off on one of the most spectacular starts to a Grand Slam season ever, uh, winning the Australian, the French, got to the semi-finals at Wimbledon and had to uh, withdraw because of injury. Um, I've always likened him to a diesel and this time it's taking him a little while to get going and mm. it was good to see him win today um, or yesterday against Jack Draper a really good result um, he's a man of a, enormous pride and that will keep him going and professionalism but I think he's always been conscious of the fact that he wants to be able to do things with his family and his mates uh, beyond tennis as in play soccer or whatever mm. And uh, he's, after all, 36, so we know it's it's very close. Um, and you'd think that if he go back, goes back to Paris and wins for the 15th time, oh. I mean, that's already incredible. Yeah. But I think that that's got to be his main goal and maybe a goodbye at Wimbledon. Um, I don't think he ever really wants to set foot on a hard court again, mm. but here he is in Australia having another crack. Mm -hmm. Leo, Tab have got uh, Igor Schwantek as the favourite to win the Winhams, but we were just saying this morning, Andrew and I, he just seems to be a little bit off the uh, off the boil at the moment, Not perhaps not at her best. Yeah, against uh, Nehemiah, she was... Uh, I, there was something missing there. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, not. you're right. Uh, just short of what we've seen basically since um, 
this time last year um, when she took over when Ash retired. Um, but again, on the women's side, um, you know, there's some some great opportunities there. And I look at someone like Coco Golf. She's got she's got to play um, Emma Raducanu in the second round. Anything could happen there. But Coco Golf's coming off a win in in Auckland. She is the player who's been touted for mm. so long as the the one to come through. She's still only very young, but maybe this is her time. And for Eager, I think people are now starting to understand um, how to play her. Um, it's one thing to understand how to do things, but another thing to actually do it. Um, but that performance against Nima, you can't, uh, you know, denigrate it because she won, but there's a lot of room for improvement as well. Yeah, I think she might have started the US Open sort of a bit out of sorts with the tennis balls and everything, didn't she? Uh, ended up winning it, so uh, she's a rare talent. You wouldn't count her out. I mean, sometimes it's a bit no. overwhelming on the first day, Leo, with all these results coming in. You're trying to pick your way through it and uh, see what the relevant ones were. Did anything sort of uh, catch your eye yesterday, good or bad? Um, yeah, there's a couple of results on the women's side that, um, you know, there was, there's a uh, Jess Pegula, um Beat 17-year-old uh, Alexandra Sassinova, um, love and one. Um, there were a couple of results like that, and um, that, that was good and bad because um, I think Jess Pegula uh, is absolutely a winning chance here. Mm-hmm. Um, Maria Sakari is always threatened to do something big. She she won. Um, Brie Andrescu, a 2019 US Open champion, um, been off the scene a bit. She came back and rolled the, the 25th um, seed in... Uh, Buskova. Um, so there are some good results there. Azarenka beat Kennan. Um, um, you know, that was a meeting of the Grand Slam champions. But on the men's side, um, I, I was watching um, Medvedev and he, he just looks to me as though he's right in the frame already. Just hits the ball. He's, he's like a metronome. He's just, he just, he's prepared to stay out there all day and gets the job done. Um, and some really good results for the Australian boys. But, um, yeah, for me it was um, on the women's side some of those really lopsided results, but and on the men's side, just those really good results by uh, Johnny Millman, mm-hmm. uh, Ricky Hajikata, and and Jason Kubler. They were the, they were the real standouts. Leo, we know it's incredibly late over there in Brussels. Uh, uh, you've done us a favour today to join us. We really appreciate my pleasure. Your time to- and mate, congratulations, uh, young Charlotte, your first granddaughter. You sound too young to be a grandfather, mm. Leo. <laughs> Uh, look, I reckon she's wiped 10 years off of my life already. So uh, just in terms of making me feel younger again, maybe added added 10 years. But uh, no, she's a ripper. She's, it's such a pleasure to meet her. And uh, um, her parents are doing a great job. And um, it's so, so very young. She's only six weeks uh, right. tomorrow. So uh, just great to meet her. Good on you, Leo. We'll chat next week, mate. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Andrew.